We got an update about Xavier Johnson and his injury status. It was not a good one. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, December 20th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Mike Woodson's radio show came on Monday night, and with that came some information about Xavier Johnson, his injury status, and it didn't sound great. Uh, here are the exact quotes that Mike Woodson gave. Like I said, it was on his radio show. I, I took these from Jared Kelly of Peaks because he seemed to have the, the most um, thorough one. Right now, we're still evaluating him. He's kind of day-to-day just to see where he is. We're still monitoring him. That sounded okay, but when he said day-to-day... The way I interpret it, because his next quote says something else, they're day-to-day until Wednesday when he will get a further evaluation because he then says, quote, we'll wait on X. If he ever gets a chance to come back, we'll know more on Wednesday. If I'm reading between the lines on this one, that's bad. That That is not good. It didn't look, when you watch the 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 playback they showed it on replay a couple times there wasn't a twist of the ankle it it wasn't he rolled his ankle somebody dove into him it's a sprain something like that it kind of bent at a, a not even a weird angle necessarily it just bent and then he was in a lot of pain i'm not going to speculate on the injury but if you're talking if he ever gets a chance to come back that doesn't feel great. That, that really doesn't feel great. He said he's had to keep Xavier's head up because this is his last season and he's pretty down about it. Again, there are not a lot of positives from this kind of quote. You you have to really hang on to that. He's kind of day-to-day just to see where he is, part of the quote, to really have some optimism because otherwise it feels like this might be a more serious injury, maybe a broken bone or uh, something along those lines that will keep him out for longer than a week or two. And, I mean, that that really shakes things up for Indiana. I, it's, it's really hard to understate how important Xavier was. He was, when he was at his best, Indiana was at its best. Nobody on this roster can get downhill into the rim like he can. His speed was incredible. He still read the game tremendously well. Great defensively. He obviously had a high variance between his best and his not best. And sometimes it it cost IU, but it, it seemed like for the most part, he had kind of rounded a corner since late last season to becoming at least a consistent contributor the shot may not fall every night but he was still able to find teammates make plays passing the ball play 
very good defense, stuff like that, to where there was still a baseline that he was going to be someone that was going to contribute night in and night out. Losing that really, that's a big, big loss for Indiana because now you're losing kind of that baseline of contribution on the perimeter. And while you have someone in Jalen Hood Shafino who can run the point and run the show, you lose the the kind of safety valve you had there. And it, I mean, we, we've seen that Jalen Huchifino can have these back injuries that keep him out for a week, two weeks. Uh, I don't think it was two weeks. It was three games. It was 10 days. I think that he missed. And so we've seen that if that flares up, I use suddenly without point guards. And now you're also placing a lot of your hopes for this season on a freshman point guard, albeit a very good freshman point guard, but a freshman point guard nonetheless. So this isn't great news. And, and I, again, I'm not going to, we're not going to talk entirely big picture because at least in the short term right now, we know we're not going to have them, but it feels like IU probably should be planning for long-term what they do without Xavier Johnson than just surviving this week or, or things like that. It feels like they need to, they may need to start looking down the road. Who's your backup point guard now? Is it just going to be spot duty for Tamar Bates and Trey Galloway? We're going to talk about them in a bit now. How much are you willing to play Jalen hood Shafino? Things like that rather than just trying to get by, keep the rotation the same and minimal changes, things like that. Because I mean, at the very least, this does not seem like an injury that is going to be a quick recovery for Xavier. I I hope I'm wrong, and I very well might be. We're not going to know until Wednesday. Uh, But just the way that Mike Woodson's wording things, um, I just can't get past that quote if he ever gets a chance to come back part. It might just be Mike Woodson kind of saying things. But that doesn't feel like something you say if you think he's going to be back in a week. So he wasn't using that phrasing when talking about Jalen hood back injury or Trace's litany of injuries he's had. This feels different. And unfortunately, it might lead to IU being without a guy that, that got them to the postseason last year in Xavier Johnson. They're not going to have any time to kind of figure things out during practice because they play tonight against Elon. The jokes write themselves, but they have a contest tonight to where they're going to have to figure things out on the fly in the moment in tonight's game. We'll preview that and talk about how IU approaches this game in a number of ways, especially now with this injury These days, though, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for small businesses. You want to be certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's simple. We talk about it all the time. You just post your job, share it to your network, let all your connections, your friends see it. And then they have simple tools like screening questions so that you're not wasting your time trying to weed out the candidates that are are serious consideration for the job. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, and you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, on YouTube, wherever you guys are listening to podcasts at, we are available there. Like I said, the Hoosiers face Elon tonight. It is a return to some easier competition. Tip-off is set for 7 p.m. in Assembly Hall. It will be on Big Ten Network. The first meeting between the two schools. If I'm being frank, Elon is is bad. Uh, Based on Ken Palm, they are marginally better than Bethune-Cookman, who is the worst team Indiana's had on their schedule. They come in at 2-10. Uh, They haven't even really played anybody. NC State's the only team inside the top almost 200, 150 that they have played, and they lost to them. Their wins have come against Erskine, who I don't even think is a D1 team, and Johnson and Wales, who is not a D1 team. So they don't have a Division I win. Statistically, they're a mess. They're one of the worst offenses, one of the worst defenses, uh, they are like they are 362nd in block percentage. You're not going to block anybody. I'm trying to see. There are 363. They're second to last in block percentage defensively. So they're just not blocking people. So it should be an easier night for the Hoosiers inside than the last couple games. They don't shoot the three well. They shoot 25.6% on the year. That's 358th, so fifth, sixth worst in the country in that. It's a bad team. So what does that mean for IU? Uh, this is obviously a chance to get things right, to get some of that, those positive vibes, that positive momentum back. It's interesting because it certainly felt like a demoralizing Frustrating loss for Indiana on Saturday. Mainly, I think because expectations are high for this team. We expect them to be Big Ten title contenders and and ideally national title contenders. But the reaction from other places doesn't seem to be as extreme. If you look at the latest polls released on Monday. I kind of thought Indiana was probably going to fall out of the top 25. They're 18th and pretty securely 18th. I mean, it's there. There's kind of two sides to this in that on one hand, losing at Kansas is not something that voters are holding too harshly against Indiana. They're 18th in the AP poll. I should say they're 21st in the coaches poll, but again, they're, safely in both uh losing at kansas is not something voters are holding against iu in fact kansas jumped four spots in the ap poll two spots in the coaches poll and they had a first place vote 
So this is a, a Kansas team that is good and well-respected. I I think that you can still be upset. I mean, Kansas is four and Arizona is five right now. Those are IU's last two losses. They haven't been close losses, but they've lost the two top five teams. Neither of those at home. I think you can reset your, maybe not reset your expectations, but take a step back. And I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. You can listen to Monday's show. I was, I still think this is not the team IU thought they were because they thought they were national title contenders and IU is not that, but this is still a, a good team. I, I think I probably overreacted a little bit to that loss as well. Even having said all that, you can kind of reset, like I said, reset things tonight against Elon, get those good vibes back that they had at the beginning of the season. Most importantly, this is the part where you take what you learned from Kansas and Arizona and you start applying that in these games. You see where things went wrong in those two games, what you need to do better. I've seen the, some some video threads. I've seen various things that show Indiana had problems. They struggled and dropped coverage with their guards getting over the screen. I wish I could. Uh, I'll try to find this as as I'm talking there was a video thread I watched on Tuesday morning that showed a lot of things. They struggled in drop coverage with their guards getting over the screen, which is imperative. If you're playing drop coverage as a big, the guard has to get over quickly. If not, you're playing two-on-one with the ball handler and the roll man, and you're stuck. You have that big stuck in no man's land. If you remember the play Dewan, or Dewan Harris comes off the screen and just kind of floats an alley-oop over the big, uh, I think it was Race Thompson for a dunk. Those are the types of plays you get when Race basically has to choose between the ball handler and the big. He was splitting the difference, which is the best you can do. He contested it well, but when you're throwing a pass like that, it doesn't need to be close, and it wasn't close, uh, but it was a wide-open dunk. So it it was... Stuff like that, that Indiana needs to be better at. There were various other things, like I said. Uh, IU really struggles at getting the ball inside to um, Trace. And they need to do it more creatively, I think. It was, that's been an issue. Like I said, I talked about it a lot yesterday in yesterday's show that they need to keep him more active. Part of that is not simply walking down the court and just looking and kind of faking these entry passes and then maybe throwing him the ball. There needs to be more decisiveness in this IU offense. If he's open, get him the ball and let him work because the more time you spend looking around and faking uh, passes and stuff like that, the more time you're giving the defense to get set and to know what's coming and be ready for it. If you're quick and and doing things fast and getting the ball into the interior and forcing the defense to scramble, you open more things up. If you're standing there trying to get the perfect entry pass, it doesn't work like that. It was Zion Brown who had the thread. Shout out to him. He does play-by-play and color for WIUX uh, and... Uh, does some stuff for the Hoosier net. So shout out to him. He had the thread that was really, really good. Um, 
but there were a number of things like that that he tweeted. It was a, it was a great thread. Go find it on his Twitter. Uh, but it's stuff like that. I use going to have to take the things that they learned that they were doing wrong, basically, and start applying them in games like tonight, be sharper defensively, be better offensively, um, attack gaps, you know, various things. And we'll see how they do that tonight. This is a game you're obviously going to win, but I don't want more games where it's slow possessions. Like I said, three pump fakes before throwing it into trace who backs a guy down a couple times and then throws it to an open man. And that's your entire offensive possession because we know what that looks like. We know how you can do that. Start working on other things and figure out other ways to be more creative and getting trace open, things like that. That a lot of that falls on Mike Woodson too. He's not blameless in all this. He needs to get a little more creative with some of his his philosophy offensively. We'll see how much everyone kind of applies some of that stuff tonight, but that's the first thing I think that needs to happen tonight. Let's talk about some other things that I'll be watching tonight, some more specific things uh, on both sides of the ball. Let's get serious, though, for just a moment. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DNI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you are wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. Everybody knows when you're high. So what you think, excuse me. So what makes you think that the law enforcement officers don't know you're driving high, driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you are not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by the NHTSA. What's some other things we should be looking for tonight? A faster start tonight. I don't want any of this nonsense of slow starts where the other team is playing level with IU through the first like 20 points of the game where it's 10, 10 or 12 to eight or something. I want IU jumping out and just burying a team early. These are the types of games where you need to start practicing and doing things like that. I use been a slow starting team for basically the entirety of Mike Woodson's tenure. I don't know specifically why that's the case, Maybe they need to script up some more plays similar to football that you run through the first couple possessions to get some easy looks to try to jumpstart this offense. I'm not sure of what the specifics are, but I don't want any of this 12 to 12 or 16 to 16. And then IU finally goes on a run because when you have starts like that against Kansas and Arizona, you fall behind by 20 points. So let's jump out to a faster start tonight. Let's get ahead early. Let's jump ahead early and really kind of make a statement in those first four minutes that this is a a kind of a different version of IU than we've seen this season. Like I said earlier, ways to get Trace involved. This needs to be simpler than, or excuse me, not as simple as just passing him the ball on the entry pass and letting him back a guy down. There needs to be other ways he gets looks. I think IU needs to run the pick and roll more. It was something that worked a lot last year. 
I'm not entirely certain why they haven't gone to it as much this year. Trace has said he wanted to. I think IU needs to do more of it, uh, especially it's going to get complicated now with only having one point guard and one guy kind of really able to get to the rim. It's going to cause defenses to be a little more compact. So maybe if you run the pick and roll, you're going to get some more open threes, but it's also a different way to get trace the ball. You can get him on those lobs on those rolls to the rim. He has gravity as a role man. We talk about gravity as three point shooters and kind of when they're on the court, defenses have to know where they are. When Tra- when Trace is rolling down the middle of the court, everybody on that opposing team knows where Trace is at. So that creates more open looks rather than him standing 12 feet from the basket posting someone up. He he has the attention of everybody, but he doesn't have the same gravity there because you can be in the opposite corner and know where he's at without kind of being worried of, oh, do I need to go down there and and cut him off so he doesn't have a wide open alley oop, things like that. Like I said, more than just entry passes to kickouts tonight. I'm not saying that's bad, and that's something I you can kind of continue to work on, but I want more than that. I don't want all these possessions where they're just Trace, Race, Malik just posting up, and they get a double, and they kick it out, and that's that. There needs to be more creativity offensively. Tomorrow and Trey developing is going to be really important now. That's important regardless if Xavier is going to be hurt long-term or not. I th- it, it, I thought Tamar played well on Saturday. His box score didn't say that. When I say well, I should probably clarify that more as he's playing with confidence, which I didn't feel like he always had last season. I mean, statistically, he was one of three from two and one of five from five. So being two of eight is not playing well necessarily. It's not playing efficiently, I guess, is a better way of doing of saying that. But those guys are going to have to be relied upon more as ball handlers more than anything. Uh, getting them kind of learning more rapidly, I guess. I mean, neither of those guys are traditional ball handlers. I think Tamar probably is a little bit more than Trey, but Tamar's not really as much of a facilitator. If he's ball handling, it's more with the mindset of scoring, which isn't bad, but it's going to be adjustment for everybody. If Xavier's down for a while, it's going to be an adjustment for everybody to learn how to play uh, without him. Last thing is, do we see somebody else enter the rotation? Does CJ Gunn step into the rotation with Xavier out? He's been the guy that's been on the periphery when there have been injuries to Galloway or things like that. He's the guy that has stepped in and um, been the the next guy up. Is he going to be that now? He's someone that could bring a different dynamic to IU's offense. In theory, he's a three-point shooter. In practice, he's one of 11. I I shouldn't say in practice. In in actual games, he is one of 11, uh, shooting 9% from three. I still think that is probably more a shooting slump than anything, but... Is he someone you can have come in and play six, seven, eight, maybe ten minutes a game now and be a spot-up shooter to to help things flow offensively? Can he stand up enough defensively to make that work? Can he? He's had at times some turnover issues when he came in, trying to do a little bit too much. Can he find his role and excel in that? There are things IU is going to be able to do this week that 
um, are going to help them moving forward, even if this is two games against, honestly, really bad teams. We'll see how they approach things tonight and get a sense of whether they're learning from their mistakes and trying to build upon that. That's by far the most important thing to watch tonight is, is this IU team doing thing, anything differently, or are they trying to just be the same team that lost big to both Kansas and Arizona? We'll see if that's the case tonight. want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow to recap that game, preview the women's basketball game as well. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe, leave that rating and review, all that great stuff. Appreciate all the comments on YouTube. I do read them even if I don't respond to them. Appreciate all the love over there. Be sure you guys subscribe over there to join in on that convo. Most importantly, though, guys, hope you have a great Tuesday. And as always, go Hoosiers and LEO.